0: this podcast is created for farmers and powered by pioneer agronomy to bring you agronomic insights and proven solutions to fuel forward-thinking farming today in agronomy on KFILAM am 1060 with pioneer field agronomist Allie wise and josh schaffner here's josh and Allie. good morning southeast minnesota it's october 14th 2020 and this is episode 44 Allie. um what can we say so i mean harvest is probably i guess in my career in southeast minnesota probably has been taking place at a record clip uh great stretch of weather there however at the weather alley um you know beans got a little dry and that was probably the story of uh kind of the last week
1: yeah and i think like you said pretty fast and furious pace here which was good to see just because some of these beans they were getting a little bit dry on us so it was it made me feel a little bit better knowing that before we had some of this rain that came through earlier this week, that for the most part, a lot of those beans that were drier were out of the field. You know, we don't want to put those through too many rinse and dry cycles. Um, In general, just general observations from the soybean crop as we kind of get closer to a wrap up here, I think pleasantly surprised has been the word that I keep associating with the soybean crop that we've taken off this year. Um, It's just been really nice to see, I think, you know, it is interesting. We look at a really hot and dry year here. So I think that's why some of these yields are maybe surprising us a little bit more. But like we've mentioned on past shows, I think those rains at the, the end of August, though a little bit later, certainly contributed to weight of grain. What what would your take be?
0: Yeah, I'd I say uh, just very similar. It, um, you know, I think we're all concerned that the lack of rain in August was, was going to you know possibly hurt the beans more than the corn and uh really doesn't seem to be the case and um you know despite the beans getting really dry I, I was surprised you know um the harvest equipment you know the field loss still wasn't too bad i hate taking those really dry beans and losing that just that moisture weight but but in field loss was very manageable which was great but yeah it um i'd say just across the board um yeah, just really happy, um, a pretty healthy crop overall, not a lot of white mold. Uh, there was some SDS, but I don't think either of those diseases were majorly yield limiting like they commonly are in Southeast Minnesota. Um, the charcoal rot thing and that whole stem anthracnose complex was probably the only disease that maybe held us back a little bit. Um, but you know, but with that said, Allie, you know, I still don't know if we reached the max potential this crop. I do think a little bit more moisture in August. I think it, it really could have been uh, really quite something. However, Allie, if we pair that uh, kind of to historics, you know, we run a lot of replicated sets in Southeast Minnesota. We, we talk about these these trials. We do Allie in the off season a lot. And looking back through the archives here, you know, 2016, um, our replicated soybean uh, plot set in Southeast Minnesota averaged 69.8. And Allie, if we kind of, you know, this year it's kind of unique. We got a split set. We have a Roundup Ready Extend set along with an Enlist E3 set. Um, but if things continue, I know you've been uh, – running the books on the bean data this year, if things continue, I think we're going to be knocking on the door of that, maybe setting a, a new high.
1: Yeah, I think we can. I mean, on the enlist side, we're hovering around that 70 and same tune on the extend side of things. So the one thing that I do find interesting, so you mentioned back in 2016, we were at 69.8 bushel average across our set. And this year, we're, you know, closer to seven. So I'm thinking we can set a record here as we push towards the end. But so 2016, you said was warm and wet. And so then it's just interesting this year that we're hot and dry. So you know, some differences in how we finish that crop, but Um, just I think just interesting to point out more than anything.
0: Yeah and I if I think back to 2016 we were really concerned how wet it was that all white mold's gonna just be bad and bad but it was real the GDU accumulation that August was extremely high and at that point in time where you know that had been you know probably seven bushel better than our, our previous high I mean it was so far out there like oh obviously the recipe for beans is is good August rain and then you know fast forward four years Hallie and now we're kind of we had the opposite August and it looks like we're going to maybe maybe top that out and and just to show a historical trend um, you know in 2015 this set average 62.9 16 it went to 69.8 17 60.4 18 64.3 a year ago it was 61.5 so Hallie, it looks like we could end 10 bushel average above last year which one year to the next that's a huge improvement and obviously um one that's a pleasant surprise and um yeah really helping Um, helping our growers across the area, having these good yields across the board.
1: Yeah, really nice to see. And I think it definitely puts this year into perspective when you pair it back to last year being, you know, almost 10 bushels better this year, plus pairing that with, like you said, I still think there were some bushels left on the table due to being as dry as we were in August. So really interesting when you start to pair those numbers. Um, I think we did just want to I think it's important just to focus on. We had a lot of questions coming into harvest. Obviously, a lot of traits available in the marketplace currently, and we were maybe questioning, you know, can some of these newer traits like enlist? Some folks wanted to associate the word, you know, maybe yield drag with those. And and as we've had these full sets coming out across the board, we can say with with confidence. I I really think that's kind of a a mute point. What's your take on that?
0: Yeah, it looks like you know, and we're not quite done yet. So these are just looking at kind of where we're at. It looks like Roundup to, Ready to Extend is going to finish around 71. It looks like Enlist is going to finish around 70. Um, so we're talking about, about a bushel, um, you know, really hard, you know, the maturity range was a little bit different in each set. So we may have to kind of maybe pull that down a little bit and look at like maturities before we do a complete comparison, but there's really not going to be a, a big difference and and obviously the weed control system and the, the ease of use of Enlist is going to be attractive. And I think that's a question uh, a lot of growers are going to have as we get wrapped up with harvest is really curious how that, how that lined up and uh, so far so good. And you know, the other thing, Ellie, we talked briefly about this last week before we get into break here, Um, you know, big yields, big fertilizer removal, uh, potash is cheap. I'm encouraging every grower to maybe whatever you are gonna spread this year, maybe take an extra bushel, bushel half of that big bean crop, uh, buy a little more potash to make sure we're putting enough out there and uh, to set up uh, the 2021 crop as well. And as we come on a break, we'll talk corn and um, we'll just move on from
1: there. Welcome back, listeners. So Josh, in the first segment, we just get, gave our general soybean wrap up, obviously not 100% down across the area, but we are nearing in on that. But for segment two, we just wanted to shift focus here um, to corn. So focusing a little bit more on corn, which is actually kind of the tune of how harvest is going as we moved into this week's week, a lot of guys flipped over to corn, and I think it's going to be a big week of corn harvest uh, for us here. I think in general, kind of the talk of the town right now is just the moisture of where this corn is sitting as we're taking it out of the field. It's been several years. You could probably tell better than I could how many years it's been since we've had corn coming out of the field at this favorable of a moisture.
0: Yeah, it's it's been a while. Um, If I think back, you know, I I think, um, you know, I think it was 2016 was a pretty nice fall, but I think if, you know, we always remember last year the most. And I, I think the general consensus is it's like, wow, my starting moisture this year is drier than I finished last year. And, you know that's uh that's quite a statement so anyway when, when finished last year it felt like it was in the winter you know was what it felt like and then we were still dealing with really wet corn so you know and that's a great thing for our growers it's just um you know it's a great thing in general that we can get going this early and uh and really Allie, the way i see it right now um as the guys wrap up with beans and are switching to corn um the moisture is, is going to be extremely manageable that should allow this corn crop to come out at, at, at a pretty rapid pace and the other thing, Allie, you know, we're just getting started with corn. We talked about the moisture shocker. You know, we maybe only got, I don't know, maybe 5% of the green corn out. It might be a little bit more than that in some pockets and, and some maybe less. But um, but still some really great uh, early yield uh, reports. And, Allie, we have been doing pretty good in our corn locations. We um, Across Southeast Minnesota, we planted 70 this year. You and I accounted for, I think, 27 of those. And we have 12 harvested. I thought maybe we could maybe just discuss... Uh, maybe a few trends uh, but I think the moisture thing will, is is definitely part of that. And maybe just kind of see how our yields are shaping up compared to uh, some historics.
1: Yeah. So from these 12 total locations, I'll maybe just start by pointing out the moisture average of these 12 locations. So it's sitting around 21% moisture. So, you know, figuring in that this range, the range of the set goes from a 98 day all the way up to a 106. So um, nice to see those moistures there, obviously with earlier maturities, some drier than that yet. I think on the yield side of things, before we maybe dig into the numbers, I was curious if you could just give your take on those late rains in August. What do you think that either added or saved us bushel-wise?
0: Yeah, that, that's um, a great question, Allie. And one i the conversation I've had with several growers were, um, we did a lot of plot evaluations, Allie, I wanna say like August 27th, 8th, give or take um, that time frame. And, and there's some plot locations that um, our team were in and evaluating, walking out. And as we walked out, it was, I'm not saying it was completely doom and gloom, but we walked out concerned, um, you know, big cracks in the ground. The, the, the crop was really starting to show the stress. The firing was there. And really we're looking at the stage of this crop and, and not a lot of growing season left. Um, I think a lot of us just thought, you know, there's not going to be, even if we get the rain, I don't know if it's going to come soon enough. And, and the part that has really shocked me, you know, in my career, I don't know if I've really seen a crop, you know, catch a rain in September and change that much for the better, you know, in say 20, 25 days. But I would say from, from that time, I think that rain that we had, especially in like Fillmore County, Mauer, Winona, Houston, um, I think those rains were probably where 20, 25 bushels put on the crop. And I don't know if we've ever seen a corn crop change that much that late and um, it's just been a pleasant surprise and we're seeing some good uh, yield results uh, as a result of catching that late rain.
1: Yeah, no, I, like I said, I just wanted to get your take on that. I kind of like just you walking through that, I think it makes a lot of sense. So then as we come back to these 12 plot locations that we do have harvested, average wise we're sitting around that 240 bushel range. Um, I don't think it's going to be out of the realm even knowing in some of these drier pockets that we were lacking on moisture. I think you still could be looking at some record it's not out of the realm to still be looking at some record corn yield averages.
0: Yeah, and if we look at that replicated set that we've been doing since 2014, uh, 2017 was our high at 237.1. Uh, you mentioned we're, we're just over 240 right now, a long ways to go. We still got, you know, what, 50, 58-ish locations to get in there, um, but, but a great trend. And the other thing on the moisture, you, you talked about the summary, um, you know, not a huge spread from 98 to 106. I think it's only a four point spread, you know, a low of 19.6, a high of 23 and a half. So not a big spread, which is pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, in most cases, we're not gonna have to wait for that full season dry down either. Um, now on the flip side alley, we talked about a lot of great things. We're excited about the yields, we're excited about the moisture. Um, you know, I always wanna maybe, you know, flip back and take a look at, you know, um, there's always some challenges every fall. And and I think alley this year, if we see some challenges you know corn on corn acres were tough this year from standpoint we missed some tillage last fall um you know some other factors and and you know just some things don't go right but i do think corn on corn may lead to some isolated challenges and i think if we see challenges it's going to be on the corn on corn acre Uh, any thoughts on that
1: well yeah like you said i think we have to think all the way back to last fall and it was so cool by the time we even did get any tillage done so your residue breakdown does not work in your favor very well. And then you flip to the planning conditions we had. So obviously very favorable in terms of being dry moisture wise, but if you don't have moisture um, in terms of residue breakdown, if you don't have that in the profile, you're also not breaking down residue. So it's kind of a double, double whammy in, t- in terms of um, some of this, the role that the residue is playing in some of this continuous corn on corn
0: yeah and I think this corn on corn thing as we get into some previous weeks we'll maybe do a whole segment or an episode on this alley I don't know where time went but we're already up against the clock but we want to thank all our listeners for tuning in and uh be sure to tune in next week there'll be a lot that changes the next week with a lot of crop coming out and uh, be sure to join us then You've been listening to Today in Agronomy on KFIL AM 1060. If you've missed part of the show or want to hear more, check out the show page at kfilradio.com or with the 103.1 KFIL app. Stay connected with Allie and Josh on Twitter. It's at Allie G-Wise, W-I-S-E, and at Josh Schaffner to submit your questions for the show. Tune in next Wednesday for the next Today in Agronomy on KFILAM AM 1060. We'll see you at 11 a.m. Thank you for listening to this episode from the Pioneer Agronomy Team. Be sure to visit pioneer.com backslash podcasts to access additional episodes and learn more about our extensive on-farm data and innovative digital tools that are fueling forward-thinking farming.